Welcome to Subject Matter Tabletop, a podcast about board games and the subject matter that animates them. I'm Steve Gosler. And I am Jordan Tynes. Welcome. Uh, we're stoked to be back. I'm, I'm glad to be talking to you about games, Steve. Yeah, it's been too long. It's been a while since we sat down and recorded, so I'm glad we're doing this. We've been a little busy with the start of our semesters. Uh, mm-hmm. We recovered from Gen Con. You catch up on that on the last time we mm-hmm. spoke together as a casual catch up, but... Here we are uh, f- doing another casual catch-up episode. We can maybe give folks a little sneak peek of a couple episodes to come this fall, perhaps, yeah, when we uh-huh, wrap uh-huh. up this episode. But there there are big ones on the horizon. Big things. Big things big coming. Things. We've just been weathering the September crush. It's kind of like the movie Blue Crush, except it's not a wave of Pacific Ocean Whoa. water. It's just uh, grating and uh, syllabi and things yeah. like that. Is that what happens in Blue Crush? I don't know. I, I mean, I it's, it's a surf movie, right? I mean, Me I think either. the Blue yeah. Crush is one like when would, you get when you get worked by a wave. You yeah, know? one would Isn't that one the would Blue Crush? Assume that you just you know it's the wave is doing the crushing, but who knows? Yeah. Could be could I've be been, life. Could be emotions. I've been, I've been getting worked by my course rosters. Yeah, that's all yeah. I can do. I've been a little roughed up too, but I'm loving it. Uh, students are are great. We're settling into things. We're talking about games as we yeah. plan to do here tonight. Um, have you played any games recently? Yes, not a variety, a lot of one game. I have just been spending my second life on gentechie.net. So I uh, just yeah. play So you're you're, net you're the net runner at all yeah. times. Yeah, I just I'm just running those nets. Well, uh, which has actually been game. really it's been refreshing. Uh, it reminds me of playing online chess when you have a purple patch with online chess where you just find the time to sort of do it compulsively uh, a lot when you have a free moment and it's a nice like pressure mm-hmm. release valve. And you'll find that you do it for about a week and you just do nothing but lose to strangers. And then in the second week, you start to win the occasional match. It's like that's sort of been my experience with Jetechi in the last 14 days. I just like lost for seven days. And now it's like, oh, yeah, that worked out that time. You know, it's like it's amazing. The more you play something like that, especially with when it's a card game that has a meta, mm-hmm. if you're in the meta a lot, it's like, oh, you start to actually, you know, you improve. You see plays that people are doing and et cetera. But it's just been a joy. It's just it's a, a joy. It's a lifestyle game, you know, so you, you can you can get into that one and play it forever and and yeah. never never play anything just, else. You could you could do that just, and maybe do do absolutely nothing else and <laughs> happy. Be very happy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you take the occasional shower, maybe eat the occasional yeah. meal, play Netrunner. Um, that's it. Maybe unnecessary. Maybe unnecessary. Yeah, sleep. But um cool, that's awesome. I uh, I guess I wouldn't need to sleep if as long as I had a heavy supply of diesel. That's an in-game reference. Uh-oh. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a um, deep cut. I, I don't even know what that is, and I played it a, played a, f- a couple of <laughs> rounds with these folks. It's a fictional um, energy drink from the Android universe that uh, shapers guzzle. Mm. I yeah. have done a fair amount of gaming uh, recently. I had a little uh, small gaming convention. Um a con. You had a mini con? Yeah, yeah. I went to, uh, it's called uh, Reunity Games. It's a small gaming convention here in New England. Um, cool. People getting together just to play games all day. Sat down. I think I played seven over the course of maybe nine hours, I want to say. It's rapid fire. It's all like I played with a bunch of people who are just comfortable jumping straight into a game. We, every game we played, at least one person knew how to play it. So it was, it was easy to get into uh, a game each time we sat down to get into one um yeah i could go down the list uh you know i have i have a few favorites that i played recently i we, we re- revisited the king is dead which is a mm. phenomenally sparse game design um you take i think it's a total of i want to say eight actions the entire game 
Is it that few? Like, yeah. I know yeah. it seemed it was very tight. I remember we played it. Did we play it twice in quick succession or just the once when we yeah. when we played it? I yeah. can't remember. I think but we I think we played it twice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Great game. I loved it. It was really fun because everybody one. has the same cards, right? So it's all yeah. sort of like um it's all sort of open information kind of, uh, but yeah. you don't know when people are going to play which cards. So Yeah. It's it was fun. Uh you know, the game that I that I kind of want to dive into here is the one that I played multiple times recently. Um, played it at that convention and then I brought it over to a friend's house. We were having some dinner and I just said, I'll bring this one game. Cat in the box is a um, oh yeah causing causing some buzz in the gaming world right now. Um, it certainly did at Gen Con. I think we may have mentioned it even on our Gen yeah, Con. Yeah, you picked it up at Gen Con, that right? That's where you got people it. were like, I did. It was total like on a whim. I had never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a bunch of people lining up to get it. Uh, it's got an adorable little black cat on the cover. Um, uh-huh. It's cat in the box. a very small box. You know, I'm kind of a sucker for small box games. Um, That's true. That's true. You do like a small box. Yeah. If I can fit it in a pocket, even better, you know, but it's uh-huh. um, it, it definitely fits in my, my bag. Um, you know, do you have any of those those games made by that company who, sim- who, who, who specialize in making pocket-sized games? What are they yeah, called the, again? Yeah, the button-shy games. Yeah. I yeah. Think, I think all of their game designs are exactly 18 cards. Yeah, do you st- do you have any of those? I have a couple. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I really you like those. those. One by Elizabeth Hargrave called Tussie Mussy, in which you're arranging oh. Victorian flowers to communicate to people, which is that's amazing. Cool. It's kind of like Hanabe or something. Yeah, one that I haven't played yet because I'm kind of scared of it, which is about saying goodbye to somebody, maybe presumably forever. Um, oh well, that sounds intense. Yeah, sounds very intense. So, Cat in the Box, though, I'm kind of I'm kind of stoked about it, and it's it's gotten me thinking about trick taking trick-taking right the mechanic the, the style of game um i suppose it's it's not necessarily trick-taking is a mechanic that you can implement in a game that yes. is oftentimes combined with other mechanics so i wouldn't say it's like most games have trick-taking as just one part of like a yeah. larger game design but uh the basis of trick-taking i mean how would you describe trick-taking steve so like historically trick-taking is a central mechanism for lots of card games which have one mechanism right there's not a there there, there, aren't, there aren't systems of mechanisms or multi, it's like this is the game it's this mechanism you take tricks and then there are particular rules whether or not there's a trump suit or not whether or not there's bidding or not whether or not there's a pain suit or not like they're different kind of like inflections but the mechanic is the same and so far as each person in turn plays from a hand of cards one hand into the middle of the table the first person to do so is leading and then people follow the lead, and then depending on whether you're playing pain suit or trump suit or whatever, somebody takes the trick for some reason, whether they had the highest card or the lowest card or whatever, right? But you're taking the trick according to some set of predetermined rules and collecting them. And then, you you know, in the bidding versions, you want to take as many as you bid. You bid four, you take four, you made your bid, that kind of a thing. It's also a, the central mechanism of... Um, uh, bridge, right? Which is like right. an epic card game, which I don't know how to play. But another uh, lifestyle game, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's a bit muddled of an explanation, but that's the basic idea yeah. of trick taking. I mean, we could, we could just like maybe reiterate by giving an example. Let's say we're playing a trick taking game here, you and I, which would be pretty boring. I think trick taking usually requires more than two people, but um, I play yeah. a like let's say a three of hearts. You would have the option if you have a, a card that is also a hearts in your hand yeah. to play a higher hearts card yes. that would allow you to keep going to participate in this trick that we're starting mm-hmm. here. 
So you play, let's say, a six of hearts. Well, I look in my hand, if I have a seven or higher of hearts, right, I could play that. Now, there is one thing that seems to be a common thread with most trick-taking games is that there's something called a trump card, which yeah. breaks the rules of the suit. Uh, the game, depending on what it is, can define how trump cards work in those things, right? So if it's a, yeah. we're you know playing this, I look at my hand, I don't have a seven or higher of hearts, but I do have a spades. And this game says I can play a spades whenever I want, right? Mm -hmm. And it just automatically kind of wins the, yeah. the, the, the game, unless somebody else has a higher spades, right? A higher right. Uh, trump suit. Did I get that yeah. kind of right? Yeah, so like... Um... Hearts is the trick-taking game that I probably played the most and the earliest. I think the first game I ever played where I, I realized I was taking tricks was Hearts on my computer, the old Windows 95 or 98 Hearts, probably. And that's the actually atypical, right? More typical is the model that you were just talking about where people are playing with Trump suits. And usually if you're bidding, what happens is the person who wins the bid gets to set the Trump. So it's like you're bidding for the opportunity to set the Trump. And then if you make that, mm. if you like win mm. the bid and set the trump, but you don't make your bid, then usually that's bad for you in some yeah. way, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, hearts is a little bit different because it's not, it's not so much that there's a trump, it's that there are like pain, there's a pain suit. Like you don't want to end up with any hearts. So you're trying to like not, you're trying to collect any card but the hearts, avoid hearts at all costs. And the queen of spades famously, right? right. The queen of spades right. is, worth, is worth like a pain card. So it's a it's like an inversion where you're like trying not to take tricks or trying to only take safe tricks. Euchre, I, I think, is is much more popular in yeah. Canada than it is in the United States. This is another one um, where uh, trick taking is a central mechanic. And the thing that I'm noticing about trick taking here is that it's really easy to make a game that uses trick taking that has like no thematic story or narrative or anything like yeah. that, right? It's it's just super mechanical. It's the the way that the game sort of twists trick-taking, the way it sort of ha ha like introduces a variation on that, or it combines it with another mechanic, or gives some new flavor to trick-taking, that is when it kind of starts to tell a story connected mm. to whatever the theme the board game is trying to to also communicate before we get into cat in the box because i don't i'm not actually familiar with that game sure what are some other examples of tabletop games that have trick taking as one component that helps tell their story so the crew right uh right super popular game right it like exploded onto the scene in 2019 it's a cooperative trick-taking game set in yeah, outer very, space <clears throat> very different from the norm right all of those other games we were just talking about those fit those like classic card games are highly competitive and i think the one way that the the big twist for me in that well okay co cooperation is kind of a twist and trick-taking but um it's it's a set in space you're like doing missions with everybody that you're playing with and the thing that that to me sets it apart is that you have to be totally silent while you're playing the game. Right. You're not allowed there's, to communicate with people. It's limited communication. Yeah. Right. And that's like outer space, right? Mm -hmm. you, like mm -hmm. when you're when you're floating around in outer space, if your if your radio goes out, you, the only thing you can do is like maybe wave at each other yeah, or hand you signals. Know, like, but you yeah, probably not totally. even hand signals because your digits aren't very. You know, like you have those big puffy space gloves on, so you can't really do much. Right. Right. Um, so and you just, can do a little bit of that in the crew right that you can communicate uh -huh. on very very minimal levels there's like these little tokens that you have on the table 
and you can kind of like move them right. around you can just on signal a card. things right you yeah. can like flip it one way or you can yeah exactly like yeah. uh that's interesting yeah the crew is a great game um it's really hard it's hard to basically take a deck of cards that gets utterly randomized so you shuffle it right you mm -hmm. deal out a bunch of random hands and then the challenge of the game is to play out the randomly shuffled deck in a specific order like to pro to reprogram the deck into a particular sequence of tricks being taken by p certain people in certain orders uh and you can't talk basically uh it's really cool yeah. and they, they get they get more difficult as you go on so it's like a campaign style right you have to like complete training mm -hmm. missions so like they're kind of diff mm -hmm. they're like hard but doable at, at the beginning and then the more you complete the harder they get and it becomes this like team challenge can we finish all of our training in fact isn't that even what you're doing According to the flavor text, you're training right. to go on a space mission or right. something. I, right? Well, so I think like a, I think the first few episodes, like so, there's or is know, that just each, the beginning? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah just yeah. the first few missions, and the missions get harder. I don't even remember exactly how they get harder. Like, there's like certain rules about how you can take tricks and things like that, and in what yeah. order things happen. But they do get harder, and I think that's when you're like out on missions in deep space, mm -hmm. and you're like it's do or die. You know, and if you screw up, then you have to redo the mission before you go on to the next one super fun game and very mm -hmm. uh, immersive you know um in in a way i mean it would be super fun even if it wasn't themed as, as space uh training but it does work really well for what you're doing um, yeah but just the, the the cooperative trick taking challenge is quite fun i don't know if trick taking is like again very evo evocative of like floating in space like trying to complete <laughs> missions but right the the way that again right that's the whole point i was trying to make the way that trick taking is like twisted into yeah other things you're doing in that game and the fact that trick taking is challenging is and and also sort of timeless and lots of people understand it right it, it works really well with that theme in some way yeah uh what what are so well do you want to tell us about cat in the box or you want to talk about a couple other examples first um sure well you know one other example i'll go there first before before i try to explain cat in the box because it's kind of kooky brian boru the last king of ireland yeah the sort of a recent title was it 22 I think or 21 it's 22. yeah yeah 22? 22 osprey games yeah cool game beautiful production we played it together back it in Pittsburgh. It was so good that you and I played it two times in a row. How often do we do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, not very often. Not very often. Yeah. That's true. We just talked about that with King's Dead, though. So um, two games that we played twice in a row. Brian Burra, though, is a game about you know trying to vie for control over Ireland. Mm -hmm. And it's tough, right? It was, it was like a funny little game. Again, like trick-taking is always a little hard. It's always a little mm -hmm. bit like cerebral you have to kind of get into it and mm -hmm. and burn brain Memory, cells to like yeah, figure yeah. stuff out track um, cards remember who played who played what when and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah but the one way that i think it's very again appropriate to use trick taking in that context is that it's sort of trick taking is sort of at its essence a auction where you know you're always trying to say sort of like go one up on the other person in the auction with you right you're you're sort of or when if all the people who are participating in the trick are sort yeah. of going around the circle like saying nope i i'll bid higher i'll bid higher i'll bid higher i'll bid higher until somebody gives right somebody's yeah. like nope i'm out right right um either because they ran out of money or, you know they no longer have a high card or they want to save their money that high card for a later trick right and 
in Brian Boru, basically, I think what you're trying to do is like we're kings or chieftains or whatever, like marching around Ireland, like going from town to town and being like, I want control. <laughs> Here's a bunch of money. Right. And then the yeah. next chieftain comes around and it's like, no, I want control. Here's yeah. a bunch I've, of money. I've <laughs> built a monastery. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, you know, so you're running around like yeah. doing this auction and, and, yeah. uh, you know, trying to one up each other on that control. That's the, the, that space. I forget. So there's a lot of, there's a couple of things going on in Brian Boar. There's like area control. There's, um, drafting. So the hands of cards that you play out the tricks with are drafted. And the cards are multi-use. They have actions on them, which you, what? You get to use the action when you win the trick? Is that how it works? Um, uh, or is yeah, it the so order can, of, everybody uses the action. It's just the order in which the actions resolve is determined by who won the trick or something? So there's three actions, I think, on every card from what I remember. There's one action. It's the best one. Uh, on the top. That, that on the top, right? Right. And, and, and if you, you can win only the trick, use that one if you win the trick. Right. And but um, if you don't win the trick, you still get to do whatever was on the bottom. The, the like, secondary one of the actions. other yeah. lesser actions. Right. Okay. That's right. I remember now. Um, which is also pretty cool. I love I love mm -hmm. games where even if you lose, you get a little something, something, you know? Yeah. Not only does it lessen lessen the blow of losing something, but I love the idea that I might intentionally lose a trick, right? I might intentionally sure. lose a piece of this game because the reward I get for losing is exactly what I want. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's pretty central to mo like rarely in a trick taking game is it your objective to take every trick. You're mm -hmm. always usually looking for like opportunistic moments to slough cards into a losing trick where you don't want it or you're not going to take it mm. uh, or to pass the lead once you've made your bid so you don't because sometimes you get depending on the game you can get penalized for taking too many if you bid four and take five mm -hmm. sometimes you get a bonus if you take if you bid four and take five so it depends on the rules but um yeah what's the thing in yeah bridge? it's like there's that the, the type of bridge where you like set a goal for yourself contract contract yeah contract bridge right, you yeah. say like i'm gonna win three tricks mm -hmm. with this hand right and if you go yeah. above or below that you don't win brian boru has trick taking and it's it's interesting thematically it's kind of kooky thematically i found it um what it allows you to do often with those like secondary actions is like the more thematic stuff so like oh i i lost the trick which means i can contribute to the church track instead of winning the hand of the young uh you know the young royal Prince. person who's yeah. going to be married off yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting spin on trick taking no it is it is a funky little game um it, and that's that's like my whole thing is like trick taking is so fascinating in that way how it gets spun into these games because it's like such a solid mechanic yeah and on occasion it, it really does contribute really well to the theme or the story it's the game is trying to tell but in most cases it doesn't do that at all right i was just trying to think of the very first time i was aware I was playing a trick-taking game. Like somebody's like, you're playing a trick-taking game. I had mm. played like hearts and, you know, card games, my, you know, different card games that utilize that mechanic a bunch of times in my life, but I was never really aware of like what I was doing. I was like, okay, this is a, a game that I have been taught and I'm not mm. really thinking of it as like a, a type of game. Um, the first time I was like, somebody's like, you're going to play a trick-taking game right now. Um, it was a game called Haggis. Never heard of it. 
Yeah, it it was it was a long time ago. This must have been a new game in early like 2011, maybe 2009 even, right? It's it's, it's pretty old. Haggis uh, like uh, the Scottish food? Yeah, like the Scottish food. Okay. And it's like the I remember I haven't even looked at it in ages. I, it wasn't my copy, but um the box was like a tartan Oh like, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it just had like a tartan box, yeah, okay. um, and uh, the thing I do remember about it is that it had like in my mind nothing to do with like the haggis food or uh, like some sort of Scottish or UK Isles like anything. Mm-hmm. Right? It was just mm-hmm. like mechanics. There was, I mean, it might as well have been we were playing hearts or something like that. But I could. It's been a cards while. Cards just but... had tartan backs, and maybe yeah, right, right. One of them had a haggis on it, and you had to try and not get stuck yeah, with something the haggis like or that. Something, something yeah. like that. Do you remember uh, your first trick taking game? Um, outside of like traditional card games, yeah. Um, yeah. Outside of outside of all the the bridge you were playing with your uh, <laughs> only, your grandparents. Um, I would love to play bridge with my bran- grandparents. They actually bought me a book at one point. Uh, my grandmother wanted me to, you know, it was one of these things which if only I had known. Uh, like here, you should check out this book. Like you know, a young adult bridge learning book for beginners. Because if you start now. You might actually be pretty decent at bridge when just by the time you're like 35, if you start yeah. at 14, you know. <laughs> and I was like, boring, whatever, N64. Yeah. Uh, and I should have been play, learning how to play bridge because, I mean, I would be a bridge boss right now if I had yeah. started at 14. Um, so I don't know how to play bridge. Pinochle is another game that we haven't mentioned that probably should mm-hmm. be mentioned. Pinochle is mm-hmm. a very popular um, bidding, trick-taking game. It's sort of like bridge, but a little less intense mm-hmm. um, in terms of, I think, it's like strategy and rules. It's kind of like bridge light. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, we can play this, but it's not going to take as much time or be as intense. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I think. I don't really know. I used to play a lot of hearts on the computer. I'm trying to think of non-card card games. Uh, you know, there's a game called Wizard. Uh, which is just oh, a card yeah. game. It's just it's just a deck yeah. of fifty two cards, but they have wild cards. I was introduced to this game in like two thousand and fourteen or fifteen, maybe by a good friend of mine uh, who bought us a deck as a gift, and we played it, and we still play it to this day. We just had it's a, a really popular here, game, like a month ago, and we played it. It's it's a rip roaring good time. It's really fun, but you're bidding on tricks and taking them. But there are wild cards that are like permanent, like uh, ultimate trump cards. So like at any point, somebody could be, as we say in our our house parlance, sitting whiz. And mm. then they can drop a wizard on you nice. uh, at an inopportune moment when you think you're trying to make your bid, and then they go boom, drop that whiz on you. Mm. No, um, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, wizard, uh, lots of card yeah. games. I'm trying to think of like a board game that has trick kicking besides the ones we've already talked about. I feel like it's kind of making a comeback, actually. Uh, yeah, you know, it's showing it's, up a little more often. Being incorporated into bigger games, right? Because it's usually hefty enough that you can just have it sort of sitting on its own and you don't really need to incorporate it into like a big board game but just just recently i think it's getting more and more play cat in the box is kind of an interesting thing so cat in the box is described yeah. as a quantum trick-taking game and Love it's it. a it's a play on cat, uh schrodinger's cat so the the very f- well-known infamous perhaps um, physics ex- uh, philosophy experiment, right? It, where you're, the, the cat is supposed to be in the box, but it, I don't even really know how Schrodinger cat works. I think it's about well. verifiability, right? It's yeah, like, like it, if it's, you don't it's know like if the cat's alive theory, or dead until you look. Right. In theory, you don't know if the cat is alive or dead until you open the box and look. Therefore, 
like it could both it's both at the same time like it's both alive (laughs) and dead like at some level right like we can't say that it's one or the other until we look so at one point it's both or something or neither or whatever um i think that's the gist of it but i don't know listeners can write it's kind of a it's kind of a macabre um experiment yeah especially for cat cat lovers yeah yeah couldn't it have just been like i don't know something nasty like a centipede or something schrodinger's like a, beetle yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you know something something that we uh, you know probably schrodinger's, gets a bad rap because i bet you centipedes are actually cockroach. way cooler than we than we get you get uh anyway yeah. um <laughs> it's it is a game where um there are no suits well there are suits but all the cards are basically the same suit until you decide what suit you want them to be um, so I get a bunch of cards when I'm, when I'm dealt a hand and I'm looking at them and there could be like, you know, uh, three twos and a four and a six and two sevens and a nine and, a, you know, like, it's like mm. kind of a weird collection of, of like a full deck of cards. Um, but none of them have like that traditional, uh, styling of a suit. And when you play it, you decide what suit you want to play. So do they have do they have replacement suits or they have no suits and you assign a suit every time you play a card? No suit like, at all. Right. They're they're, they're just, just they're numbered but they have no other iconography on them. Yeah, they, they, I mean they have a cute cat on them. You're right. Okay. That's nice. Uh, but you so when you play them down, they could be, so they're like the cat in the box. They could be a club or a heart until I decide which one until it is. Until I decide what it is. Okay. Until I manifest it, right? And okay. um and so I throw like, let's say a three out. I have to declare a suit. I say a three, a three blue, right? Um, okay. And then three blue cannot be played again for the rest of the round, right? It, it, in, until, uh, and we keep going around like that, right? And we, and oh, you know, you can break right. the rules. So I could say like, oh, I'm going to play, you know, I don't have, I don't really want to play a blue right now. I'm going to play a, a four green i can't win the trick because i'm breaking the suit but uh-huh. um i also do this thing where i i like can never play a blue again because i've broken i've said that blue doesn't exist right and so i now i have to play green yellow or red for the rest of the game i can no longer oh, play wow. play blues um and the and red is the trump so you you, you can play a red and win you know but unless somebody else also wants to go a trump and it's it's kind of interesting because you're the first few games you play it doesn't feel very tense right you're not mm-hmm. you're not like it, you, or the first few hands you play it doesn't yeah. feel very tense you're like you know you I, I, just, I can make yeah, up yeah, whatever like I'm doing i want what, yeah, yeah i can kind of <laughs> and then you know at the end of your first round you're like oh wait like i'm gonna like run out of space right there like i have like four I have like three fours left and like there's only two, four slots left on the, mm. uh, as possibilities, right? Somebody's already played a four green and a four blue. Uh, and you know, so people are breaking the rules and putting, you know, cards all over the mm-hmm. place and taking your slots and you're like, Oh, well I have to, I'm going to, I'm going to break this. And if you break it, uh, it's called a paradox and it ends the game instantly. And that's what's going on. Oh, wow. Okay, so uh, run that back for me real quick. What are these slots that we're filling in? So when you, so when yeah, you have this little board that has like every card possibility. Okay. And um, and each time one possibility is declared, that 
in the course of a trick, that slot is filled. Right. Yeah, you take your little okay. token and you put it in there. And, and there's some in-game scoring. Like, if you get the number of tricks right, and you, you're thinking about, like, you know, which cards you played, and you get special bonuses if you have, like, a bunch of numbers near each other. So if I played, like, the four blue, the five blue, the six blue, then that's, like, a like three right in a row on that board. And, mm. um, and I get a little extra bonus point for that. Cool. And so the object of the game is to get the most points and the points are as a result of like when the paradox occurs or when all the slots fill up, we determine who got their predictions, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's just, you get, there's, there's special scoring things. You get, you get points for, you get points for every trick you take. Uh, You get points if you, if you guessed, oh, they have that um, contract sort of bridge type style of, of trick taking where if I, you know, at the beginning you say like you look at your cards and you say, mm, I think I'm going to get two tricks, right? I, I'm not I'm not going for it. If I get it right, then I get special bonus points. So there's a bunch of stuff. Now, the problem is if you caused the paradox, you get negative points for every trick you take. Oh, wow. Everything just is blows up in your face if you cause a paradox and so you yeah, played this a few times good. now you played um, it at this mini con you went to uh yes and i played it uh, a couple of other times just casually with people and it's funny it's kind of a hard game if people have know nothing about trick taking you do have to kind of do a little bit of what we've just done on this episode mm. and explain trick taking to people before they even start to understand the rules of that game right um, cause it's, it's funky. People are like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, I can, I can, I can't like, there's no suits, but I have to sign a suit. Like, what does that even mean? Right. Yeah. If, and if, if you have no familiarity with trick taking, it's, it becomes harder, but everybody who's played it, even if they're have not familiar with the idea of trick taking going into it has been like, wow, can I get a copy of this? Uh, they're, yeah. they're like into it after. Yeah. That's cool. Who, uh, who makes it? Uh, Bezier. Bezier, Bezier yeah. I, they I sold out at, the, at Gen Con. I remember a... they sold all their copies that they brought with them. Yeah, yeah, and I and I, I actually just ran into this little tidbit um, when I was thinking about this because I knew I wanted to talk about uh, trick taking and Cat in the Box tonight. Um, I, I looked at it and I think an edition had been published in 2020, so it's been around oh, for a little while. It's like a reprint. This is a the deluxe edition that popped up at, oh, okay. at Gen Con and now caused all the feathers to be ruffled yeah all the kerfuffle yeah uh, well it sounds super fun i'd love to play it sometime it sounds like a fun bridge game not no pun intended um a fun game to play like with people who aren't big tabletop gamers but who do enjoy games right yeah. like and maybe have played a lot of cards uh you could like be like here's this game it involves trick taking you're familiar with that right that feels comfortable but there's a twist it's also this like play Mm -hmm. like this metaphorical play on the schrodinger's cat experiment and you know depending on the person they might also be familiar with that so that might also be intuitive right uh but then it sounds like it's like just kind of a pretty fun relatively quick like what what's a game running you like 35 minutes uh yeah 30 minutes something like that how quickly you're moving yeah i think if if people knew it you could get through it even faster and if you had less people maybe like i've always played it with four uh you can play with five which is kind of cool um you know, it's one of those things, though. It's, like, super-duper mechanical, right? Like, it, like there's barely any theme there 
uh, yeah, right. and then and then they just they just nailed it with the the little bit of theme there is though. And mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sure somebody was like, I mean, I don't want to put words in the designer's mouth, but my guess would be that they're like, let's make a game with it's a trick taking game where you every time you play a card, you have to play a suit. Like you get to decide whatever suit it is, and so they figured yeah. out like the mechanics of it, and then they're probably like, "Isn't this kind of like Schrodinger's cat?" <laughs> and then they they're like, "Oh yeah," and 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 then they just like <laughs> yeah. nailed it, right? Boom! There it is, done. Yeah. <laughs> Print it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Get that's a cute cool. cat illustration, and uh, let's let's call it a day. One of my regrets from Gen Con this year was not purchasing the little cute oh. cat pin. Yeah, at, at Bezier Games, they had this adorable yeah, little yeah, pen yeah. that was the, the little cat, and I'm the little and, cat from it, Cat in the Box. It would have been yeah. great. Uh, well, we should play it soon. Uh, yeah, it travels we're easily. Gonna, so we're going to see each other next weekend. You could bring it with That's you then right. too. Oh, I could. Yeah. I could. We got we got some recording to do uh, in the next next few weeks. Uh, yeah, baby. And and perhaps we can use it as a filler game uh, during our next recording session. We got some some lined up we're gonna meet with yeah. uh, a couple people down in your, we have a couple, your neck a of, couple the of things yeah we, we have some things on the on the horizon i don't know how much we want to say about some of them no, now we should just maybe in, not say just much in case until, we don't want to tempt fate yeah. but uh hopefully we're gonna have some interesting guests uh to have some conversations with we're also going to do another full episode play with um somebody uh down sort of sort of near me uh, mm-hmm. And we're looking. It's looking like we're going to play terraforming Mars. Yeah, uh, on so, our next full episode. So that should you be can fun. Maybe maybe do some guessing games amongst yourselves of who, what kind of person could contribute to that conversation. I think mm-hmm. many people could, but there's there's one yes. very specific type of person that we're going to talk to about this game. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that. They seem super mm-hmm. pumped. We're super pumped to play with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be a really fun time. And then in December we got some more lined up. Uh, got mm-hmm. some. Um, got a very unusual game it's a deep cut it's like really hard to find game i had to special order it from a post office in northern europe somewhere i don't even remember exactly (laughs) where it came from but um what year was it published i don't i don't know we'll we'll get to that one it uh, looks like it was published around like 1979 maybe yeah it does it does it looks it reminds me of a a roll and move like monopoly knockoff game i have called klondike Oh yeah, are, I heard about that. Yeah, uh, where you are investing in properties in a boom town and pan, but you can also like instead of going to jail, you can like go pan for gold, which is this this little mini push your luck game where you're panning for gold and trying to like find nuggets. Wow! Um, but then so, every once in a while, the whole town burns down and everybody loses everything in a fire. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> such is the life of of, uh, of, of a, a frontier a town. gold a gold miner. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got some exciting things on the horizon and people to talk to and games to play and games to play with them. So it's it's stay tuned. Strap in. Yeah, strap yourselves in. Yeah. It's about to about to become much busier on the subject matter tabletop channels. Yeah. We're going to have some good stuff in October and then as you just said in December and then hopefully lots of good things in the spring which yeah, um got are not percolated. are not dialed in yet, but hopefully we'll be settled real soon. Um, but yeah, lots of good stuff coming around on the horizon from us for sure. At least, you know, Hey, even if no one listens, we'll still do it and it'll be yeah. a great time. <laughs> yeah. Talking to people and playing games. We're, we're looking yeah, forward to living it. the dream. Yeah. I'll drop this one little last trick taking tidbit, which oh, I didn't good. mention before. Uh, I once ages ago, um, I found on YouTube, this Canadian news documentary from like the nineties or maybe the early two thousands. It looks like maybe it's the early two thousands or nineties about 
professional bridge, the world of professional bridge. Mm. And it tracks these two like hot shot, young gun Canadian bridge players. They're mm-hmm. like 19 years old. One's from like a small town in Ontario. One's from, I think a, a city, like maybe Toronto or something, but they have this like vibrant partnership and it follows them around the professional bridge circuit and it's like super high stakes and they get in blowout fights with each other when one of them doesn't understand the bid and they don't make the contract and they lose a bunch of money, but they're like also winning huge, huge pots and like buying tailored suits afterwards and flying around in jets. And uh, I just remember I found this once, watched it and was like, wow, bridge, who knew? Um, so if you, wanna, if you want a taste of the high life of trick taking, check out that documentary. It's called, cool. it's called, if you're going to need to know what it's called if you want to check it out. Hold on. What is it called? How many it's, Canadian bridge documentaries are there? It's can, called can In the Cards, The Secret mm-hmm. World of Professional Bridge. <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. And it's 46 minutes long. So intense. <laughs> yeah. It's from 2007. It's from 2007. Uh, awesome. Here's the tagline. They're the hottest young partnership in the high stakes world of professional bridge. Now, bridge has always been a thing that, yeah. I mean it gets mentioned a lot as you just mentioned in like other yeah. forms of media, like literature yeah, and all yeah. kinds of stuff. Um, like, like what is this mysterious world of, of, I mean, I apparently not just my grandparents, but hot shot 19 mm. year olds yeah. from Canada who are, That's right. who are like killing. You know, with, they with could bridge. hit it big and, and get rich or they could tear each other apart. You know, can they handle the pressure? Mm. Um, I also had a family friend of ours, uh, he, he and his wife taught bridge on cruise ships in their retirement. So Amazing. like w- what they would do is they would have free room just and board on free the cruise. Cruises. Yeah, free cruises. And all they would do is they would just run bridge classes all day and just play bridge with people and teach them how to play bridge. And they just cruised around the world. They did that for several years after they were both retired. Sounded incredible. Um, but yeah. of course you got to know how to play bridge. Maybe we should just, uh, contact a cruise company, start a game library. Hey, yeah. listeners, no, no, I'm saying this. So it's my idea. So you can't take this idea. <laughs> um, uh, go and get a, uh, big stack of games and be like, Hey, I'll just teach people games for eight hours yeah. a day. And then you just give me cruises wherever yeah. I want to go. Just give me a, like, you know, a small cabin. Uh, <laughs> and like the basic <laughs> meal plan and uh, I'll, I'll i'll do my unlimited own and unlimited drinks at the bar yeah, yeah. and yeah. then i'll i'll teach everyone bridge for sounds four great weeks. that's, that's uh, uh if or not bridge not, we're a, not teaching we're not teaching them bridge we're teaching them what we're teaching them dominion or something <laughs> if you're a cruise them. director and you're listening to this get in touch we have a good <laughs> yeah idea that's right you, so um, um cool <laughs> uh we're teaching them ti or we're teaching them i don't know would that be? I've never been on a cruise. Yeah. Would that be terrible with all the bits and bobs? Would they just be like rolling all rolling all over the Flying place? Flying all over the place. If you were in yeah, choppy uh, Twilight Imperium, for those who don't know, is like takes up like say, like a half a football field to um, mm. to to play. Not we can play Star Wars Rebellion. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You just do it in port, maybe. Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, cool. uh, this was fun. Good yeah. cha- good chatting with you. Good catching up. Got yeah. me thinking about trick taking. Got me it wishing I knew how to play bridge. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, I think maybe in the future, what we can we can do is if we ever have another mechanic, or if somebody wants us to like talk about you know the thematic connections to other mechanics, feel free to get in touch. Be like, hey, you should explore this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think we should just dive into a mechanic here and there and try to figure out how it how it is it evocative how it is it most evocative in mm. games that we've played in the past. Cool, sounds good. I look forward to playing some games with you and. Hopefully you all as listeners will 
be getting excited about the games we're playing soon. Yeah, we'll see you around the table real soon. Until then. Bye.